0: Today's episode of the Dad Tired Podcast is brought to you by Crossway, specifically their new ESV Men's Study Bible. I got to be honest with you guys, I have a little bit of a Bible collection problem. I don't know if that can be a real thing, but my wife always tells me, Jared, you have plenty of Bibles you don't need to buy anymore. I just love a good Bible, man. And my favorite Bible has always been the ESV Study Bible. And now Crossway has put out the ESV Men's Study Bible. It was created specifically for men in all seasons of life. Who are serious about the Word of God, to help them go deeper into the Word of God, pursue a deeper, transformational understanding of the Scriptures. It includes devotionals, articles from more than 100 acclaimed scholars and pastors. Again, all of this is written specifically for men. They've got 14 articles covering topics like identity, communion with God, leadership, and they have 365 daily devotionals that are going to be tied directly to key biblical texts. They also have Bible study materials featuring more than 12,000 theologically rich study notes, comprehensive introductions of each Bible book, 120 character profiles, and 900 key biblical facts. Again, the ESV Bible is my favorite translation, which is why I'm so excited that they've put out the ESV Men's Study Bible. It's going to be really helpful for you as a man of God who wants to lead your family well and study the scriptures. You can pick up a copy of the ESV Men's Study Bible wherever books are sold. Or you can visit crossway.org forward slash plus to find out how you can actually get 30% off again. Get it wherever books are sold or go to crossway.org forward slash plus to find out how you can get 30% off. Let's jump into today's episode. Well, today is a, a really fun day for me. I feel like I'm going to age all of us here in, <laughs> by the, <but> in right <laughs> off the bat. I discovered Shane and Shane, you guys, when I was, a, I think, a sophomore in high school, man. That was like my first introduction. I was just trying to pick up a guitar and figure out, okay, how can I play some songs to help my little youth group sing about Jesus? And I discovered you guys and have been a big fan of you ever since. So I don't know if that counts as like fanboying or not, or (laughs) what what that even means. But
1: uh, so so now you're in college and how's that going? Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Freshman (laughs) year, man, I've got that freshman 15 going. (laughs) Yeah, man. No, it's just been a a fun journey for me to watch you guys and really the... (laughs) like I said, aging us all here, but the decades of ministry that you yeah. guys have been part of
2: yeah, uh, yeah,
0: has been really cool. Anyway, so many of our audience will already know you, but for like the one guy who doesn't, I'll step aside for just a second and let you introduce yourselves. Who are you and what are you guys up to these
2: days? My name's Shane. And my name is also Shane. <laughs> Both names Shane, not brothers, just two guys named Shane.
1: That's right. And so in short, we met in college kind of through just this crazy sovereign accident We were both business majors at A&M and both of us had no business doing music Mm. or ministry for that matter. Just had no history of any of that. I was a pretty new believer, knew four chords and 20 worship songs that we sang in our our apartment down at Texas A&M. And one miracle led to the next. All of a sudden we were a band called Shane and Shane and Mm. um, it happened real fast. Shane actually came to Christ in that season in a bar. Yeah, there's literally a hundred things that God had to do to make all that happen. So we've just been holding on ever since. And so back then we just started to sing God's word literally because we didn't know what else to sing. I mean, we didn't no. we had zero grid for music, Christian music, anything like that. So we're like, man, I think they used to sing the Psalms. Yeah. And so we just were walking through life and singing Psalms and did a record called and Chang Psalms. And it just stuck (laughs) in the way that singing God's word, declaring the truth of God's word started to do things in our own heart and life. And God started to use us in in other people's lives, uh, use his word as we spoke it and sang it. And, And that's the same thing we do. We still answer the phone and go play concerts and declare the word of the Lord. And that's all we have is his word and his spirit.
0: I love so. that. I love the simplicity of the way you describe that simply, which is probably an extremely complex story of uh, of how <laughs> God drew you. But I'd love to hear, man. Like, you know, I guess a lot of people probably assume, maybe look at guys like you who've been you're in full time vocational ministry, right? Like, you, this is a full time gig for you to write songs about the Lord, sing to the Lord, help others, help the Bride of Christ sing to the Lord, and they might look at you and be like, you know, these guys they were born in a baptismal, you know, like they came out, they came out of the womb Christian. So the fact that even, you know, I've been following you guys for years and the the fact of hearing you got saved in college, you got saved in a bar, like, dude, I want to hear those stories, man. Like how did God draw your hearts? (laughs) And did you grow up in a Christian home or
2: like, you know, how did God start to draw your Yeah, Well, I mean, this is Shane Everett. I'll go first. My grandfather was a deacon in a church in a Baptist church and my dad kind of rebelled against that system. So my mm. my mom and dad had me, my mom got pregnant with me when she was 17. Wow. So she dropped out of high school, got her GED and her and my dad got married. And yeah, I was kind of born into a family of kids. My dad was very rebellious. And I think a lot of that was because my, my grandfather was very religious. And mm. so... I kind of grew up in a home that was kind of one foot in, in with my mom and dad, which was kind of really not in the organized church. And then my grandfather, who would make sure that I went to camp every year and, and mm-hmm. disciple now and, and was trying to kind of co-parent a little bit just by trying to get me involved in some things. So I'd heard the gospel and I had gone to camp every year, all going all through high school. So I'd been around but never like in the church. And so I had heard the gospel. Mm-hmm. So I got saved every year at camp for about 20 years, got baptized every year and it never <laughs> stuck till
0: yeah.
2: my senior year at AM, which mm-hmm. I was going to school to be, I was business, like Shane said earlier, business major and wanted to do the corporate world and be a business guy. And in the Lord, one night I, I played in this little bar band, to kind of help pay for school. And I was waiting to get paid one night. It's my senior year. And, and I was waiting on the end of the stage to get paid. And it's about three in the morning and the lights came on in this bar and the Lord used that picture really to, like, I mean, to kind of crystallize the gospel for me and, in a way, like I could put words to it now.
1: Yeah. At the
2: time when the lights came on, I was just like lost. It was crying. And I was just like, man, I don't know What's going on? But this is me. Because when the lights came on in that bar, you could see how filthy it was. Mm. Like, and under the neon, it looked kind of cool. But after the lights came on, and the Lord just used that image wow. to really burn something into my heart where I was like, man, I, what I'm doing is not working, you wow. know? And I was a pretty miserable person at the time, like a real angry person mm. when all the things seemed like they were kind of lining up in life where the school or girlfriend or a job lined up after I was getting out and kind of all of the marks had been checked, but still had progressively become more dissatisfied with my life. And the next morning I woke up kind of, I didn't really go to bed, but I just kind of went to this little church that was next to my apartment and walked down the aisle because I thought I had to fill out a card to get saved, you know? And so, but that kind of began my journey and Shane and his group of buddies kind of saw me singing in this I got in this church choir like the next week after I got saved,
1: wow.
2: and anyway, long story short, Shane and his group of buddies saw me and kind of adopted me in, and came up and was like, "Hey, dude, you want to come over and hang out with us?" And I was like, "Yes." So anyway, that was kind of like the beginning of like walking with the Lord, and wow, and within a you know within a year of that experience, Shane and I started traveling together, and it's crazy. It's crazy. Shane, you. Were just a
0: brand new Christian, right? Like, and so you yeah. you pulled him in. You're Shane Bernard. Bernard
1: been a believer him. For,
2: since eighth grade. Early.
1: Yeah, I became a believer early in high school. Oh, okay, um, but I was I never really I moved a lot. So in, in the high school was a like moving experience. I mm-hmm. moved a lot all my whole life, and my dad was kind of like a sort of a adventurous West Coast gold digging cowboy, mm-hmm. just a roughed up rough tough dude so we grew up in washington state california colorado arizona
0: were you moving just like because he just was like wanting to check out the next thing just looking for adventure
1: part of it i mean he just was like that kind of guy like he spent most of his 20s in mexico like mining for gold
0: dang
1: wow and a gun wow and so yeah we would all of a sudden we just my brother and i they mom and dad throw us in the back of the ranchero and we would just drive somewhere and we'd end up in the mountains in Washington. And then we'd just stay there for four years and wow, onto the next place. And he did road construction for a living. And so, you know, as things would get finished or he would get fired, hmm. he would move on. We landed in Texas. My mom was a little Catholic lady from Ohio that, you know, rebelled and went West. And and uh, so we landed in Texas. And then, I you know, I had an experience on top of a roof in West Texas in the Right before high school started, um, just looking at the stars with a buddy. That was the first time that I think God would start to draw my heart to him. I didn't know anything. Mm -hmm. Never heard the gospel. Just kind of had like a Psalm 8 moment of like, man, you put the stars and the moon in their place with your fingertips. You know, what is man that you would be mindful of him? Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't know, obviously, anything about the Bible, but that's sort of the feeling I had. And so I would sneak out my, my friends, his mom went to a Bible church and I would, it's back in the day where you could just tell, tell your parents, you're going to be gone for six hours or eight hours or whatever, play basketball. And I would be like, going to go play play basketball. And I would sneak off to this little youth group. And I heard the gospel and I was like, it's the easiest sell ever. I'm just like, Mm. who wouldn't do this? Mm. Who wouldn't want to receive this kind of gift for free? Mm. And so I became a a Christian, but I kind of flopped around because there wasn't a ton of discipleship. And again, we moved, we moved to Dallas in the middle of high school. So I was a pretty green believer. Mm. I started to play the guitar, which I had never even thought of doing that before. But this youth pastor at that little church played an acoustic guitar. First time I'd ever seen anybody playing acoustic guitar. And so I just, we had an old guitar. My dad, it was like a prop. And so I, I put some strings on it and asked this youth pastor to help me put some strings on it and learn those same four chords. And, and so I did lead in living rooms and basements and through college in our apartment and dorm room, but I, I would have never have thought it was my thing. Like I never, I never yeah. was saying to a microphone. I wasn't the youth group kid who did that. I just was, I began to play and sing weekly for once a week for two or three hours. When I met Shane, I was just actually borrowed his guitar because my roommates asked me to play this festival in a, at AM. I was terrified I literally had never written a song or sang a song in a microphone every time I would lead I would just start a song and everybody would blow up so it, it wasn't even you couldn't even hear me you know Yeah yeah and so anyway yeah I said yes to do that and I borrowed this guy named Shane's guitar plugged in and um dropped out of school a couple months later <laughs>
0: I think that it's worth pausing and just for any guy that's listening right now, like there's so much in our world's happening right now. That's just chaotic and crazy. And I think sometimes it can be easy to forget, like God, are you around you watching this? Like what's happening? And just hearing your stories. I think this is why the scriptures talk about, man, there's just such power and testimony because Mm -hmm. it reminds me like God is always advancing. He's Mm -hmm. always advancing. And even when people don't even know that they're part of a gospel story, like the gospel story is advancing and just hearing both of your stories individually and how God was pursuing you. And it wasn't like there was big trauma or there was like somebody who had been like trying to really talk you into following God for a bunch of years. And then it was like, all right, twist my arm long enough. I'll do it. It was just like, no, God's now's your time. I'm going to pursue your heart. I'm going to draw your heart to mine and Little bit of irresistible grace there, like there's nothing you're gonna do about it, you know. You're mine now. And so for the guy who's listening, it's just like maybe you feel hopeless, or maybe you've never even like consciously said I feel hopeless, but maybe kind of tucked away in your soul, you might feel that. Like, dude, just take rest that God, God's moving, his kingdom is advancing even right now. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's a guy listening right now who pulled up his app on a phone. And because he was trying to be a better dad and thought, you know what? I need to be a better dad. Like what what podcasts are out there to help me be a better dad. And you pulled up this episode and you're listening and you didn't even know there was a God that was pursuing. And yet right now he's pursuing your heart. Dude, maybe for you listener, like the guy that's listening right now, you're like, I didn't know what I was listening to, but I feel like God might be pursuing my heart, bro. There's nothing more important you can do right now than just to stop and to encounter that God. Cause it sounds like he might be drawing your heart to himself as well, but. When did you guys, at what age did you guys become dads? Cause it, it's intriguing your personal dad story. And then like, I'd, I'd love to kind of like hear when you guys became dads and what that was like for you.
1: Soon after that, Shane got married and his wife, Kelly kind of came on the road with us and they had their first little girl, Olive. And then soon after that, I got married to my wife, Beth, and we had our first little girl. And then Shane and Kelly had their second little girl. And then my wife and I had our second little girl. <laughs> So we decided to adopt our third little girl. Wow. Uh, and then Shane and Kelly had their third little girl.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: And Beth and I had our fourth little girl.
0: Tours getting taken over by the girls.
1: <laughs> so it is a full-on women's ministry is <laughs> really do full time. And so it happened I mean I don't know maybe 3 or 4 years into touring Shane and his wife had Olive and then it was just kind of an explosion of little ladies. <laughs> As the explosion was happening, we kind of dialed our touring down. Hmm. So we were just downshifting by God's grace, you know, to, yeah. to lower gears um, to just try to survive, yeah, <laughs> stay married, yeah. And yeah. stay believers, mm-hmm. and all the all the things by His grace, you know. And we're still figuring that out. Really? We're still tired dads. We're still tired
2: dads. <laughs>
1: yeah. You know, well, like Olive came on the road with us when she was. Kelly helped
2: out with Shane. Kelly is my wife, Shane Everett's wife. And she came on the road with us and started helping, you know, tour, kind of managing the tours and a bunch of dudes. And then she had, that was actually five years of that. And then we had Olive and that kind of changed everything. She came on the road with Olive when Olive was seven months old. And so my firstborn kind of lived on the tour bus with a bunch of people mm. for, for a, a while. And then... Kelly really hung with us until really until she got pregnant with Lily. And then all of my firstborn had a a lot of medical issues. And Mm. so she couldn't breathe. She had some, some things in her throat that made it hard for her to breathe. And so that was a, that was a trying season for us, but in all of it, you know, I mean, the Lord was, she's fine. And she had a bunch of surgeries on her little throat and and ended up being fine. But like, that was a, that was a, it's a crazy season of like a lot of, trust and letting go. And so for coming a dad early, early on it was kind of like being thrown into the fire. Mm. There was even a song. It was like, I ended up singing it, but I didn't even write it called Burn Us Up, which mm-hmm. like that was really like, really instrumental in our life, you know, but just like, we we want God to deliver us from the fires of life. But even if he doesn't, we'll trust him with it. And that was kind of like my, like my first kind of dad, dad moment with yep. having a little girl who, who wasn't well and really trusting the Lord. That was a fiery season. That was a, that was a season of trouble for us, like kind of stepping into a dad and realizing that we had issues, like even literally three weeks into having this little baby. And it was a couple year process, but mm. it's crazy. It's crazy. So being a, and I wasn't really even a young dad, you know? I mean, we had my first kid when I was 32. Mm. So it's kind of old balls starting <laughs> off. <laughs> can You say that? Sorry, yeah,
0: oh, sorry. Oh, I was sorry. just trying, I was just trying not to take it too literally. Old I'm, ball. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, it's weird to say that on yeah. your podcast. Yeah, I, I think you know, we, we, got I a bunch of, we, we, we got a bunch of dudes listening. You can edit, edit that
2: out. I'm sorry,
0: I just didn't know how literal we should take it when you said old ball. I'm like, are you talking about you guys, or what are we talking about here? But <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> quite, liter- quite literally, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh,
2: that's so t- hard. I'll man, say that. You needed yeah. that
0: podcast.
2: I needed that podcast. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. I
2: still need that podcast. Mm.
0: Yeah. I, that's interesting because I, I started having babies when I was <laughs> I want to make so many more jokes when I was younger. And I don't feel like I ever like kind of eased into like maturity as a man until I hit 30, you know? And so I feel like my first two kids just had to bear the brunt of like a really immature, really young, selfish dad, but how old were each of you when you had started having kids?
1: Yeah, I didn't get married until I was 32. Oh, so, okay. Uh,
0: yeah. Probably our, a lot of wisdom in that.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She was eight. So I'm not. Right. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> uh, <that's> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. She was, well, I spent a couple of years in prison. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is going off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm a decade older, or 12 years older than my wife. So which is a whole other story. She's amazing.
0: Hmm.
1: our oldest Lucy came a couple of years after that. So I was 34.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Okay. And then our youngest now is four. So I've had my youngest in my forties and she's been awesome. Yeah. I wanted more.
0: Yeah. Miss Sam, man. I think I could add six, but we
1: have
0: four and I'm feeling old. Like, I'm like, I don't know if I could do that. I got a 10 year old, my oldest all the way down to a one year old.
2: Yeah. And
0: it's, I'm just, I'm real tired.
1: Man. Right there with you. Yeah. yeah.
0: I'm tired. Yeah. it happens. But, you know, I think I could, I think I could, if we were serious, like if we sat, if my wife and I sat down, we had like a serious conversation. We're like, okay, do we want to do two more? I think I could be convinced to have two more. I just love being a dad. It's, it's so hard for those young years, but they just last. I heard a Jordan Peterson, like soundbite, you know, people are using these soundbites over reels. And so I don't fully know how all this, like young social media stuff works (laughs) but over the soundbite of jordan peterson basically saying you get like four years of kids when they're like innocent little kids like zero to four is like and then it's it i've experienced that you know my two older's. you just i was always looking forward to them like growing up like okay let's do stuff but dude i miss like those zero to four years old it's just such a sweet season but it goes by so fast so fast man and i there's a part of me that even though it's exhausting right now, I'm like, I, I love this season and I'm going to be really, really sad when it's over. Yes. 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 But
1: Definitely.
0: I think I learned a lot of scripture from your guys' songs. Like I would just sing, I would, especially in my, you know, when I was a young guy, just singing your songs. And I'm like, I didn't even know I was memorizing scripture because it's just so much easier to memorize a song. That's actually how we homeschool our kids. Now we use so many songs to help them memorize facts mm-hmm. and historical moments and all these things. But you guys just did such a great job at like writing songs that literally put the scriptures in people's mouths and they're memorizing the word of God without even really knowing it. Do you guys still use that? Are you intentional about that with your own kids? What does you know, the word of God look like in your own home right now?
1: Yeah, I think we're, we're, we're still growing in that. Like I think Colossians 3.16 that says, let the word of Christ dwell richly in you yeah. as you teach and admonish one another through singing. Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, we're grateful it's in here. I think that trying to apply that to our family, it's still a, a work in progress. Because mm. I think part of us is like, Shane and, I, Shane and I both don't sing for fun. Right. And never did. Uh, yeah, interesting. Neither one of us had ever, like I'd never been passionate about, about music ever. Mm. Uh, growing up, this is not something that I wanted to do. And so I think it's mm. there's so much music in our life and in our world. Sometimes the quietness of leaving the studio and yeah. turning everything off. But I would say singing through the scriptures with my girls has been a blessing <clears throat> and even we've started to do to do family kids worship music now called worship in the word. That's a whole other topic but they've been a, a huge help in that. And part of us even doing it is because we want to employ this invitation in Colossians 3.16 to our family, to our mm-hmm. girls that we can sing. I mean, my girls can sing and do sing these songs daily. And it, like you said, in a way that they just know them and they're heavily rooted in the, in the word of God. And they also have a devotional aspect where they, they go to God in prayer. So we're like treating them like, Oh, you can actually—I mean, Veggie Tales and all that's great, but like, you can actually go to God in prayer through this song. Like, you—you're mm. not too young for that. Mm. It's been a sweet thing for us.
0: Yeah, you guys. Yeah, well, you teased it, and that's going to catch. That's going to pique a lot of guys' curiosity. Like, what is worship in the word? Like, what is, is there a resource? So many guys are listening to the show because they want more resources to help them lead their family well, right? Mm-hmm. So,
1: like, tell us the resource. Like,
0: what is it? What can they?
1: So if you just, if you, yeah, if you search Shane and Shane or worship in the word, either one, it's the latest record that we released like a couple of months ago, Mm. we partnered with a ministry here in Dallas where we live. It's, uh, it's called right now media. Yeah. We came around every song with like an episode. And so on right now media, it's like kind of like a 15 to 17 minute episode.
0: Like what kind of episode are we talking like audio or video? Like a a, a video, like a TV show.
1: Oh, okay. yeah, like yeah. a TV show kind of. Where it has like the we're kind of emceeing it and it has the worship has us doing the songs live with families. Oh cool. um, young kids and families. And and then there's a little teaching and then there's questions from the kids in order to just give like literally a resource to to families I love uh, it. in this kind of age bracket.
0: Yeah, what is the age bracket?
1: You know, we tried to hit that we tried to hit that like sort of five to twelve. Sort of age bracket, you know, it's kind of like the post veggie tales and the pre Hillsong United, yeah, script age where there's a huge white space there, yep. Where it's like, man, I mean, scripture memory is great, but like Jonah and the will and the like, you know, that's great, and I love that. And we we used a lot of that in our kids when they were really young, but now, like, our two oldest, we know that they've like they've they've surrendered their life to Christ, like, genuinely, mm. and and so I want to just give them and have them be a part of songs that you hear their voices. So you're going to, when you listen to these songs, you're going to hear kids' voices, family's voices, but I want them to be, I want them not to just be about scripture memory, but like applying that to their own heart. So they're going to have a devotional aspect to them. So it's gonna like, you know, your ways are higher than my ways. So let's write a song around that. But the next section of the song would be like, show me your ways. And so you're just turning it up, praying it to God. Teach me your ways. Show me I that your it. thoughts are higher. Because if if you just help me, then I I'll follow you. You know, I love it.
0: It's definitely there, that is a missing, like there are a lot of missing resources for that age demographic. You know, sure. that's like the like the before teenagers, but post kind of mm. real little kids. And I should probably I know the guys are who are listening are going to be like mad at me for this, but. I know of right now media. I don't know a ton about it. I know that a lot of people can get it through their church.
2: Mm -hmm. I'm looking. A lot of people have it and they don't even know they have it. Yeah. You know, it's a pretty cool thing, even for dads in general, for young kids. then they have a bunch of really great programming, like where you could kind of turn your kids loose on it. And there's a lot of great stuff, especially for young kids. It's really, really cool.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like, for for those of you listening, it's kind of like a Netflix.
2: Yeah. I'm looking at
1: it right now. Yeah. I should,
2: I should
0: be more familiar. I was going to say, you know, I'll try to get a membership through dad tired and we'll just give a code for all of our listeners. But I think our listenership is, I don't think we can afford this. (laughs) (laughs) membership. So go to your local church, uh, go to your local church and uh, see if they've got a code.
2: They probably do. It'd be worth reaching out to them and just talking to them about it anyway. Yeah. They're great. They're a nonprofit. So yeah, the cool thing.
0: Okay. Well, any last words from two tired dads to other tired dads who are listening, who are trying their best to lead their family? Well, any last words you'd want to say to those guys as a way of encouragement to them?
1: One of the things that came to mind, right? Actually, when we, when I saw your face pop up here, as I think back on, I mean, we're right there in the middle of it too. We have a four-year-old, seven-year-old, nine-year-old, <laughs> and 11-year-old. Just being okay with brokenness. Mm. I think if I go, what has God used in my kid's lives? In what ways has he used me the most? I think I can look back and go, it's definitely not my wins. It's been my losses. Mm. And it's like when you screw up as a dad, which is, what's just like going to be a lot. If God can give you the humility to, to walk with your kids and go to them and ask for forgiveness and tell them how much you need Jesus, then that just speaks really clearly. Yeah. It speaks more than taking them to the jump park. Mm. And man, as dads, we just hate failing. We just, we just hate it. It's not something we want to do. We don't want to admit we're wrong. But Jesus, the gospel turns all that way upside down. I mean, Paul said the very, one of the very last things he ever said, the Apostle Paul to Timothy was, hey, Timothy, write this down. So you you talk about like a young man, Christ came to die for sinners. Okay, cool. And that's not to say some are and some aren't. It's like some people actually see they are and some people don't. And he said, of whom I am the foremost. Like not, I used to be like, I'm currently the worst guy I know. Mm. And then he said, he put something like this and he had mercy on me as the foremost so that he might put his patience on display Mm. for all that would come to know him. And so when God puts his patience on display through you, that is just a megaphone for the gospel to your kids, tired and broken and all the things that we are as much as we can demonstrate to our kids that we need Jesus. Not that they need Jesus. We need Jesus. Like he needs to save us today. He saved us forever, but he needs to save us today. Yeah. That's a good word, man. That's really helpful. Yeah. Everett, you said that you talked
0: about that burn us up song. I think there are a lot of dudes who I probably put myself in this category. I think if a lot of us were to admit Or be honest with ourselves that a lot of us are really trying to avoid some hard stuff, like being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And we just kind of live our lives, just trying real hard to not be uncomfortable and Mm -hmm. to not be in things that, like, are I don't know what other word to use, but uncomfortable. Like, we're constantly seeking comfort as men. And so, maybe just like as a last word, like, what is the value? Like, at the heartbeat of that song, burn us up. Like, I'm willing to go into the fire to be refined because I know on the other end of it, like I'm going to become more like Jesus. I'm going to understand a side and character of Jesus that I probably didn't know outside of the fire. And so, I mean, it sounds like you, you went some through through some hard stuff early on as a dad, but just in your life experience and what you know, as, as being a man and a dad, husband, follower of Jesus, what's the beauty of being burned up?
2: It's kind of like, I mean, sanctification and it generally, You know, if we're, you know, according to Romans, putting to death the deeds of the flesh, you know, like the active work of dying to self, if we find life, we find our life and we lose it. I think being a husband, being a dad specifically has a unique ability to refine if we will submit to it, Yeah. you know, and so I think as a dad and as a husband, I think a lot of times we have to lay down our, a lot of times I think there's an active work of laying our lives down for others. Generally as a dad and a husband, I think it's more acute and we have that opportunity to do that in a way where we're, we're actually seen. And so it might be easier to lay your life down for a friend or a neighbor because it's in moderation. Mm. Where for a family and in the confines of a home, man, I mean, it's exposing. There's, I don't think there's anything more exposing than you know than a wife that could say, "Man, he loves me well. He yeah. loves his well or kids. Yeah. It could be like this is my dad loves me well. They know the pain points." And like Shane said, they, they see it all. And so I think as we lay our lives down for ultimately for Jesus in their midst, you know, Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's hard. It's hard. yeah, It's hard. Nobody pushes my buttons like my kids. Nobody. Man, they're incredibly good. Yeah. You know, my wife is a Mm close runner up, but I think it's just like, (laughs) I think it's. I got to be up there. But but the same goes for me, you know? Yeah. But in that too, it's just like, man, we just, we want to keep short accounts. We want to love well. We want to mm. help speak the language that they can hear. We want to mm. be slow to speak. We want to do all the things that Jesus said are the fruits of the spirit. But, you know, we know that the fruits of the spirit don't, don't grow. They don't grow in this area of my body. And so we just need to we need to really put on grace and truth or bind it around our neck, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, that's what we want to do mm-hmm. because it is an impossible task, but like in the impossibility and in the unperfect or the imperfect ways that we love those in our home, we ask for forgiveness. We celebrate the victories. We try to love well, but man, you're it's, there's going to be trouble. I mean, it's just promised. But he's overcome the world, you know, and that's a good thing. And
1: so I don't even know if
2: that answers the question. That's great.
1: But Shane's great at not answering the question. Yeah. Um, And just this came to mind when he was talking to for those of you listening out there that are just in the middle of it, of all the hard, um, that God is not disappointed with you. Yeah. He's not angry with you. He put all of that on his son at Calver. Yeah. And he loves you and he wants to be a resource to you. And so like Psalm 34 says, those who trust in the Lord, those who fear the Lord have no lack. Mm. And so he is when our purpose becomes like a person and we're not looking for like our purpose no longer is we want the best kids on the block or we want the best house on the block or the best truck on the block when our purpose turns into knowing Christ Jesus, our Lord, then everything gets a lot better because his yoke is light. And when our purpose shifts from that to all the other things of, I'm looking for this out of my kids. I'm looking for this out of my wife. I'm looking for this out of my job. I'm looking for this. It's exhausting. Yeah. And so today God's not angry with you. He wants to give you everything. He wants to give you all the best, all the best, which is found in his son, Jesus Christ. It's not found in all of the, All of the things that we typically as humans, like our default is looking for only what he can give and all the other things. And so he loves you today and is calling you to himself and wants to employ his spirit in you to be a great dad.
0: That's a good word. I appreciate you guys. I was thinking, as you were saying that, talking about the the dying to self if you're willing which is the invitation Jesus called us all to all the other relationships have the ability to cut you know like my my friends can cut me my boss might cut but home might be the only place where i can really die you know it feels like that's where death is happening inside these four walls mm-hmm. in a good way death to old self <laughs> death to sin if you're willing man like god just uses like the actual the furnace usually happens in these four walls god is using your marriage your kids the things that happen in this home to really chip away in a way. I like how the way you said it in the way that really no other, no other relationship kind of has that, that ability to do. But Mm -hmm. anyway, I appreciate you guys hanging out with me today and sharing with our guys. I love the resource you put out worship in the word. We'll encourage all of our guys to go listen to that again. For those of you listening, go ask your church. You can get the album wherever you listen to music, but uh, if you want to get the rest of the resources that Shane and Shane put together, through right now, media, go to uh, ask your church. If they've got a plan, they probably do. I think most churches do, and you can get connected with all the other resources, but anyway, thank you guys. I really appreciate you taking time. I know you're busy. And uh, so it means a lot to me to hang out with you. Appreciate it.
2: Appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Hey guys, hope that conversation was helpful for you on your journey of becoming more like Jesus and helping your family do the same. Just as a reminder, we do have our Dad Tired Retreat in September in Arkansas. It's a beautiful retreat space where we're going to get together. We'll worship. There'll be teaching. You'll be encouraged as a husband, father, disciple. Meet other Dad Tired guys. It's going to be a really good time, but you do need to register soon before we close that in August. If you want to do that, you can go to DadTired.com forward slash retreat. Again, you can come be part of our retreat in September in Arkansas. We'd love to meet you and have you meet other Dad Tired guys. I love you guys. We'll see you next week.